Welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis. I'm here with my two brothers, Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis. <clears throat> Today, it's all over. We're crowning a champion. The greatest album of the millennium so far. You can learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Now, after 64 teams went in, one album is going to be crowned champion. It's the best album of the millennium so far. Brother, brother, brother podcast. We are finally at the tail end of our tournament this year, and uh, which uh, designed to find the best album of the millennium so far. And I think we've done a pretty good job winding it down from 64 to uh, our final four. Our final four being Arcade Fire's Funeral, Sufjan Stevens's Come on Field the Illinois, um, LCD Sound System, Sound of Silver, and Interpol's Turn on the Bright Lights, the upstarts from New York. And um, I, before we you know, dig into the final competition here, I, I just want to ask a couple questions after you know, you know, chewing this over for a month and, and you know, really talking in depth about the albums that have come out since uh, January 1, 2000. What are two albums that, you know, during the course of this uh, round of 64 that you would salvage and, and in a dream world, you know, put into your top, uh, your final four, uh, where, who would be there today if, if it was only you voting? Christian? Who? Yeah, I mean, I think that it, it's interesting. Uh, it's, it's strange to see that Spoon got knocked out as early as they did. And, you know, I think we've talked a lot about the fact that they probably suffered from such a um, uh, such an abundance of, of, you know, like eight out of ten grade or, you know, that cusp of like between B plus and A minus, like they just, everything is so consistently good. Um, nothing is necessarily the like rock album that, that, you know, standalone like changes your life, but it, it you know, it really is a, a, a key, um, you know, a, a, a classic sort of band of, of this era. So I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't make it further. Um, I think that if I were personally, uh, able to salvage anything, um, just in a, you know, sort of, uh, I would probably, you know, I would probably focus on Fever to Tell. I think that that's a, a sort of standout album that, um, you know, they, they got left on the wayside a little too early. Um, you know, they did well, of course, but, uh, but they lost to, uh, uh, well, Wilco and that just sucks. Um, that is that is just not a not a matchup that I mean that's the matchup that I feel most strongly about going the other way I think over the course of the tournament. How about you, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean for me, um, I was obviously happy with the results of, of that matchup, but I uh, just looking over my list of sixty four and just for our listeners, you know, we we had to whittle down our own lists and then based on the point system, you know, bands got in or didn't. You know, I think I'm kind of shocked the Shinzo inverted world didn't get in and uh it's something that I, I think i would have ranked a little higher if i'd known it wouldn't be on your guys lists and the other one for me too is uh 
and I think this is more personal. I know you guys don't like this band, but I think a lot of listeners and a lot of people would agree with me is the Nationals' Alligator, um, which is a you know I, I think a really strong album and, and their strongest, and I think uh, pretty important record of the the millennium. No, I think that's a good point, and and that's that sort of serves to the, the case of the National is one in which you know we would just like to remind our listeners that if they would like to go to the effort of uh, starting a podcast and running their own tournament, um, they could just as you know they could happily put the National in, and I'm sure many of the fans uh, of this podcast actually did that you know it's um, they just just glancing over a couple of the entries um, were a were a pretty uh, you know well performing um, you know or I think they were they were a noted sort of omission um, up there with you know deer hunter and uh, yeah you know a handful of others I mean some you know pretty prominent Lil Wayne yeah. um, you know shins. It's also funny, I would say, I think the, um, the case of the, the shins, though, is, is actually a really, I mean, it's kind of an interesting one. Um, and I, I think, you know, we just basically don't, you know, we don't have consensus here on, on what their better album is. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that actually serves to their disadvantage in this case. Um, but, you know, that, that comes with the territory of just, of, you know, the fact that we really didn't, we didn't coordinate this in advance. It was sort of a... a it was a, a free for all, so to speak. Like the and, voting, um, it happens in real time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think another example of that is like, to be honest, an album that I would have liked to see, uh, you know, get more attention and have, um, a, a, you know, stand a better chance is the Libertine self-titled album. I, I just, I think it's good, and it's, uh, it's the one I prefer, and I like that band, and so I want to see them do well. Um, I'm just not sure I would have pick the album that you guys did to see them do well, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's the same. I think there's a lot of vote splitting among, I mean, the Shins are a perfect example, um, you know, of a band that split its vote. Uh, the whole Steady felt a little bit of this, too. Yeah. Between Separation Sunday and Boys and Girls. In and the same with, I mean, that was the, that was, goes back to our spoon conundrum. Um, I think for me that the two albums that I would go back and, and you know, claw further into the tournament that did make the tournament are uh, Queens of the Stone Age songs, uh, The Deaf, and um, obviously The Wrens, Meadowlands, made it pretty far. Um, it's one of my favorites. Uh, but the other one I think that, um, you know, I think I was surprised to see go out when it went out was uh, Is This It by The Strokes. I would have, uh, going into this tournament, I would have picked that as a, I would have, Thought both of those had serious Final Four potential. Um, yeah, but they ran into Killer Mike, the Mike Killer. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you know what? I just, <laughs> um, I think pro- part of it was probably uh, uh, Julian Casablancas' new band. Um, or the just, new band photo that was uh, <laughs> yeah, being the passed around photo. on the internet. Yeah, that was so good. Yeah. Um, for for all of those uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's definitely worth uh, worth looking this up. It's a it's a pretty goofy, um, you it's, know. It, it's sort of a like pretty what, what dire vision of of modern America. Of Splatter art of hipsterness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, some things don't age well, you know. Um, yeah. Well, and. Cool. And then, um, you know, I think of the bands that didn't make or the records that didn't make it that I really loved, um, you know, two that I would love to have seen make it. They were kind of outliers, um, all things considered. But uh, Loretta Lynn's Van Leer Rose, which did with Jack White back 
in the early 2000s, and uh, Jenny Lewis and the Watson Twins' Rabbit Fur Coat are two albums that I played a lot um, over the past, you know, 10, 15 years, and think uh, deserved a strong show, stronger showing than they had, but, you know, say la vie, that's how it goes. Um, anyway. They, they, go ahead. Sorry. I don't know. Go ahead, Jerry. Sorry. I was just going to make a snide comment, and I'm going to reserve it for later, so we're good. Oh, good. Well, uh, uh, were there any albums that you, Jeremy, were, were, I mean, that you would have liked to see actually enter the tournament that, that didn't make that original list of 64 that got, that got, you know, deferred to the MIT tournament? I think the two that I mentioned, both, neither of those made the, the actual yeah. tournament. Um, and as far as the actual, like, what what's moved forward... I gotta say, like I haven't really been overly disappointed. Luckily, I've been the deciding vote in many of uh, both of your your heartbreaks. So, sinking the yeahs and uh, Queens of the Stone Age was not as hard for me as it was for you guys. But yeah, I, um, I, I, I mean, I don't. I would say I would add that I really wasn't surprised with that outcome. I just, uh, I just think I probably felt more strongly against it than you guys did for it. If that makes sense. Um, you know, it's like it, it evoked a stronger res- response to me because I thought, you know, I, I, if you recall, put the yeah, yeah, yes down. I think it's my top album on my on my personal list of sixty four. Yeah. So it's a funny it, it's a funny situation when you have really top heavy picks for you um, that you know you guys are close to split on. You you really like that album, obviously, um, but it isn't something that you you know think makes it makes it quite that far. I would. I would say that just a couple that I think deserve uh, deserve mention that didn't make the tournament at all were like the Marshall Mathers LP, mm. um, just purely in terms of the impact it had on like two thousands rap. I you know it's it's not a favorite of mine. Um, I think it's something that I certainly listened to a lot when it came out, um, and I think it was you know a, a pretty game changing album. I really don't think Eminem has aged well. Uh, I don't think he. I don't think he was positioned ever to. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't think he aged at all. But um, yeah, I mean, no, that's definitely right. He's uh, he, there's a there's a juvenile spirit to his music that um, is incredibly combative and sort of in your face, and it's great. But like that quality, I think, is always reserved for you know is, is part is the domain of the young. And yeah, like it's a little I, bit like Pete Doherty coming back uh, with his Libertines album last year, or you know, it's just that's an attitude that just doesn't that doesn't go that well yeah. into your forties. I don't want to hear do well when you have to sober up. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to hear Marshall Mathers' uh, acoustic folk record. You know, his breakup yeah. album. You know, yeah. no, I, I will don't. also say, and just you know, as we're looking back, I am a little disappointed that Kanye doesn't have a Final Four record. If that was my one complaint, you know, or the one thing that I think uh, went the way I did not want it to go, that was one. Because there's two that I would put in there. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm, su- last round. I'm, I'm surprised Interpol won. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, as, as much as I made an impassioned... Blame Canada. Them, I really didn't expect I mean, one of you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, careful what you wish for. Um, I uh, I think it's another case where Kanye splits the vote, and you know all of us. If you asked all of us what the best Kanye album is, we have three different answers. So, and I think if you asked everybody in Interpol which of those two albums deserves to be in the final four, they'd probably all concede that it was my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. But you know what? We didn't ask. They that. didn't vote. They <laughs> weren't here. Anyway, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and and we'll we'll decide the tournament. Uh. 
Welcome back to the Brother, Brother, Brother pod, and we are in our final four and final day of our March Madness Best Album of the Millennium thus far. Um, as Wyndham mentioned in the first segment, our, our contenders are Sufjan Stevens, Come On Feel the Illinois, against Arcade Fire's The Funeral, and we have in our other uh, matchup, we have LCD Sound System, Sound of Silver, Against Interpol's um, Turn on the Bright Light And uh, that is the New York duo there This has really become the uh, battle for the hearts of middle-aged white guys As I'm looking at this uh, <laughs> final four <laughs> There's definitely a, a period in time and a, and a, you know, I, I can't imagine how that happened <laughs> um, Yeah, so what do we want to go with first? you want to do, let's well, go we'll do Sofian in uh, Arcade Fire? We'll yes, absolutely and um, I mean, it's it's a hard to, it's a hard thing at this point in, at this juncture in the competition to sort of uh, think of a lot of new information regarding these albums. But this is uh, two albums that came out within a year of each other. Uh, two albums that made enormous critical impact. Um, both, I think, were in succession probably the albums of the year on the predominant uh, number of uh, end of year polls in two thousand four, two thousand five. And uh, now they're now they're uh, being pitted against one another. Uh, both are um, massively uh, intricate instrumental uh, meldings uh, by two um, you know two people who had a, a very very strong vision for uh, or two groups that had a very strong vision of what this uh, would sound like and, and came up with something. Both in both cases, I think it's it's kind of their masterstroke. So, um, well, let me put a question to you guys about these these albums, and and I'll admit that part of this was um, I, when I heard them, I was actually uh, living in, in London at that point, and didn't have the same like finger on the pulse of um, sort of uh, American indie rock, except to read Pitchfork, and you know, and, and obviously at that point, um, the American sort of blogosphere and and you know, uh, indie rock press were fawning over these albums. Um, I didn't, however, just Did they make a splash little... in England or not really? Um, 
I, you know, Surf Jam was certainly pop. Yeah, well, it, they did with like the NME press. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I mean, I think, no, it, to be honest with you, uh, Libertines were, were bigger. And then you had, um, you know, like Franz Ferdinand, Kaiser Chiefs, The Bravery. Um, the Kasabian. Strokes frankly, were, yeah. were huge. No, I mean, the Strokes were huge in, in the UK at yeah. that point. Um, and then you had uh, a bunch of imitators of, of that sort of. Um, uh, that that I guess format or that style of, of band, um, and that's that's where, as I mentioned, um, the Killers also were were uh, particularly popular over there. Um, no, I mean that's the thing. I, I didn't get the feeling that Sif Jen uh, and, and Arcade Fire were at least at that point. Um, when I came back to college, Arcade Fire were still huge and actually getting bigger, um, but Sif Jen not so much. And I guess my question is, do you, I mean, are, are these even close to equal in terms of the uh, degree of popularity that they've received? Because my personal impression is that Arcade Fire just completely eclipses of Jen. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Although at the time, in real time, that wasn't necessarily a foregone conclusion. I mean, I think Sifian Stevens. Well, Sif Sif Jen had three albums out, and, or two albums out. and uh, Yeah, I think this is his fourth album. Yeah, actually. okay. And Arcade but, Fire was coming out with their first. That so, was their I mean, solo. There's an obvious. They're starting from a disadvantage in that. Respect. Yeah, but even so, they they you know, like I said, they, it didn't take long for them to go from "Have you heard this?" to "You couldn't escape it." Um, you know, I mean, I think Jared and I both saw U two that year, and U 2s uh, you know, yeah, entry music stage. was kettle whistle. <laughs> Um, which was insane, you know what I mean? And the whole stadium was singing it um, in the same way that stadiums sing Seven Nation Army. You know what I mean? It was like that, That you know, sort of... I still think, though, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think Arcade Fire, because of fans like Bowie and, and U2 and, and sort of Elder Statesmen right away glommed onto that album... Um, you know, they still, I saw them on the, the next tour and it, they were, you know, they were selling, playing lar- much larger venues than, you know, the Empty Bottle, which they played at, in Chicago on, on this tour. They were playing Chicago Theater, which is, is definitely a, a decent sized venue, but it, it wasn't like they had, had completely, you know, gone. They weren't, it was, these weren't like radio hits or anything. It wasn't like a number that. one record. Yeah, no. I mean, I think it was very much a word of mouth record that no. definitely caught nope. fire. That became that was their second or but it started it started doing that thing where it started appearing in like you know professional sports uh, you know commercial bumper music. But when you say when it was an album that like a year after it came out was probably a little bit of a more slow grower. Um, Um, Sophia and I think had you know just a ton of media mm -hmm. and and press on that record, and and I think that record was bigger than you think. Christian just being overseas like not I'm not saying it was you know like U2 was not coming out to Man of Steel or anything like that but like um it was still like it was such a like an NPR record you know such a like critically acclaimed record that a lot of people ended up buying that record that probably would never buy another one of his records or or you know didn't go I'm, back to his back catalog either. Yeah, and I, I think you know, as a as a separate item, we we should remember that like you don't have to be the most you know you don't have to have made the most popular album to win this competition. Um, and I would say the Velvet Underground and Nico is a classic example of a case where you know in their own time 
um, a band put put together a, a pretty amazing um, uh, work, and and you know wasn't really recognized for it in the moment. But I think if you were to do any top twenty five rock albums list mm-hmm. or top fifty or whatever, you know they're they're definitely in the mix, um, and you know certainly in a lot of people's top ten just because of uh, of, of the way that they influence in particular, other musicians. And I wonder, I mean, his, his um, sort of incredibly uh, diverse range of interests and um, influences uh, and sort of, you know, serving as a sieve or a, a prism for all of these different types of, of music that he sort of filters into his own very specific um, and unusual sort of eccentric style uh, of pop music and, and rock, like... I, I think, you know, we may yet see a generation of sort of songwriters um, and musicians who are influenced by Sufjan in much the same way. So um, so I, I guess that's a, that's an important consideration as well. Yeah, it's a toughie for, for me. I know, um, you know, I, I like um, just purely from, a, from, you know, enjoyment and repeated lessons. I mean, like, these were two albums that... I never stopped listening to. They're still albums. As well they should be. Yeah, I still listen yeah. to both of them fairly frequently. Not necessarily as much, um, you know, start to finish as I used to, but, um, you know, I really dot a lot of uh, playlists with, you know, selections from both. And, and um, you know, both stand up uh, 13, 14 years later. Um, as uh, you know, I haven't. Uh, they haven't fallen out of favor. So well, these were I, also two CDs that I bought. You know, I remember yeah. this was still buying CDs and had the album work. And, and you know, I agree. Uh, I mean, I think all of our final four here, are, uh, it's is, a, is album wise, or, or song one through however many. Um, it goes without saying that these are yeah. going to be really difficult choices. But I think um, that said, and and with that in mind, let's we might want to bring it to a vote. Yeah, I'll kick it off. Um, I'm I'm really struggling with this. I think in the in the sense that I probably prefer and and um, think that Sifjin made a, a, a sort of more interesting and um, exciting record for me personally. I like it uh, more. I think there's so much depth to it. Whereas, as I've said before, I mean, I I, I don't go back to this to Arcade Fire as much, and um, and you know find them just just to sort of played it out um but uh purely for the sake of their sort of reach and power and um the fact that they're still packing stadiums this many years later i've got to hand it to arcade fire so your vote yeah. is arcade fire wow yeah well i'm gonna uh i mean i'm gonna close it out because uh I agree, and I'm going to go Arcade Fire as well. And just going to say that I did listen to both albums start to finish today, and they're both really good. And, and uh, to Christian's point, the Sufjan as a work of art is just so intricate and so incredibly you know, delicate and, and fine-tuned and, and just teeters on the edge of, like, sucking, you know, if he'd gone and messed up <laughs> any one, like, part yeah. of that no, no, concept the- or music or even lyrics. and. It's really an impressive feat, but I, I think just listening it, to Arcade Fire again, that album all the way through, and kind of trying to take myself back to that that time, and I, and personally, I think it's held up, I think more than Christian does, but and I, I listen to it more, but I, um, yeah, I just it, it's just a it's a, such a fucking big album for such a small band at the time. I, I think it's it's got to go. 
Well, it, I think it was sort of a it, it set off a really important um, trend in in as you say, you know, it, it opened a door for uh, indie rock, which is a lot of what we've loved in the past, to really just make it huge um, and and to sort of you know hit a new level altogether in terms of popularity. But sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off on them. No, no, no. I would, I, I, well, it's funny because yeah. I was, I was gonna, I thought I was gonna um, throw this whole thing into a tailspin by by voting for Sufjan, um, and turns out that it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's one into the wind. But I think um, I will also say that I made that decision to vote for him about 30 seconds ago. Um, <laughs> or, or, I mean, right before you guys voted, it was. Uh, it, it it truly is, um, you know, it's a toss up. It was one of those ones I hoped went into overtime, and I was going to be happy whoever won. So, um, you want to take a quick break? And we'll come back. We'll decide the other side. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Welcome back to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. We are settling a, a long-stewing uh, debate over which is the greatest album of the millennium so far, and we are down to three albums, but uh, uh, on this side, our final uh, matchup in the semifinal round is LCD Sound System's Sound of Silver versus Interpol's Turn on the Bright Lights, a surprise winner against Kanye West's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy in the last round, so um, I wonder if this competition, uh, just to just to bring folks back in, will be taking on Arcade Fire's funeral. Right? Yes, 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 and hand to hand combat, um, <laughs> knife fight. Yeah, so Michael uh, Jackson yeah. knife fight. I mean, I these are these are two albums. Um, again, you you are uh, correct. We were mining a lot of uh, the early two thousands here. Um, these albums. Uh, Again, um, you know, we're, well, I think Interpol's Turn on the Bright Lights is uh, uh, 2002, is that correct? And, um, yes, sorry. And then, um, you know, uh, Sound of Silver, Sound of Silver, a little bit later, um, a couple years later, but uh, still, it sort of um, has taken on that, it, it's, it's, 
fermented to the degree that I think it feels like a classic now. Both of these albums kind of feel like classic uh, albums um, as much as you can achieve that within 15 years of release or 20 years of release. So, um, you know, Interpol, I think we've we've talked around Interpol a lot. I think we uh, made the supposition because... Um, it's Christian's favorite album ever that we had talked about it ad nauseum during the tournament. I really don't think we have that much. Um, I think we, uh, we've certainly, um, referred to it and talked about it at length over the course of the run of brother, brother, brother in our 80 some odd episodes. But, um, I don't believe we have really dug in so much during the tournament. And, and one of the things I wanted to do when you know we were talking about the final four because obviously at this point we're talking about albums that we love and albums that are great start to finish is to actually sort of bear down to the track lists and the you know one of the things that i find so arresting about turn on the bright lights is the way it enters uh you know the the way that uh it opens up with a song that is uh essentially almost you know almost instrumental and was designed to be basically a a song that accompanied the band on stage where you know a couple of them come on at a time and um you know the instruments kind of layer over one another in sequence in a very specific sequence that uh you know sort of address i mean it's funny when an album i mean when a band has a a surefire closer that you know they're going to end every set with is one thing but uh, Interpol has a surefire opener that they're going to open every set with. And uh, that's kind of a, a backward way of thinking. And I think it's kind of being cool. untitled. Yeah, untitled. Yeah, it's just that reverberating sort of chilling guitar part that, that like, as, a, as an opening sort of um, couple of notes just in the, like, ringing out into silence is just incredibly powerful. Arresting, um, yeah. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I also think um, it, it serves almost like an overture. It does kind of set the table for everything else that comes on that album. Yeah, no, it does. And I mean, I, I would say that you know one of the one of the biggest strengths of this album is, and I mean, again, not to belabor the the comparison to eighties post punk acts, but I think that you know the the way that this album is paced. Um, is really one of its finest achievements um, in, in terms, and actually, I would say the same thing is true of Sound of Silver. Um, you know that that both of these uh, understand when to speed things up, when to slow them down, what parts to draw out, and and sort of um, you know, cr- you know, make sort of pregnant with with sort of these emotions, like you know, really heavy uh, sort of somber you know melancholy and and that sort of thing, and which parts are are sort of angrier, a little bit more. Um, aggressive and uh, and that that sort of um, I just for whatever reason it, it's you know riding that particular wave um, as arranged by this particular band on this particular album it's just they 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 have it down perfectly it's a really well sequenced album and uh, you know that that can really kill a record or, or it would you know, really kill it this takes a little while to get up. well that's a funny thing I remember sometimes seeing, I remember seeing them on this tour. And kind of hoping that they didn't mix things up and that they didn't... Yeah, you want to hear it. (laughs) And I don't think they had any old stuff, uh, so to speak. So, you know, I kind of wanted to hear this album um, played at ridiculous volume. 
yeah. uh, in the way that it was actually meant to be, you know, in the sequence that it was meant to be played. It, it, that, well, that speaks to it as an album. I mean, it's... It, it and there are you. a couple songs on here that I that I definitely do pull out and throw on playlists, but I'll be honest, I listen to this as a complete album more than I listen to it. Uh, Component parts. Y- yeah, exactly. More than, more than I mix this into other, other um, playlists. I think. It doesn't play well with others. It does not. Saying. It's a little <laughs> moody. Well um, yeah. And I, yeah, I think to your point, the LCD is is similar in the sense that you know this album really to me was you know an extreme creative talent with James Murphy who put out you know and and I'll be honest, like I liked the first LCD album quite a bit, but it was also like I just wasn't sure if they were serious, you know, or if it was. What, what this band was going to be. I mean, I knew DFA Records had a lot of sort of lore and, and, and hype. Um, you know, The Rapture was obviously a, a big hit for them. But I, I wasn't sure, like, how serious of a, a group LCD was on its own. And uh, and I think this album really kind of proved to be that that melding of, of all the things. And, and for me, personally, I'll just say, kind of a perfect sound, much like Interpol plays with some of the sounds I love from post-punk and, and you know, Joy Division and, and, you know, bands that we, you know, they've been compared to many times, um, The Cure. I also think, you know, Sound of Silver hits a similar note, but, you know, maybe a little bit of a flip side with the New Order and, and kind of more of some of the dancey beats, but still has um, a lot of that post-punk edge and then, you know, incorporates, you know, dance music with that. And, and you know, Us vs. Them, All My Friends, Something Great, um, North American Scum, you know, which is actually like a really fun and funny song and i think murphy sometimes it goes overboard with those and on this kind of hits hits it hits a great you know kind of mix new york i love you um you're bringing me but you're bringing me down you know i don't know there's there was like a somberness to this album but a playfulness too and also really i think just established a guy who had a lot of stuff going on in his head and a lot of influences and was able to do that thing that uh, you know, both these albums, I think, do the same thing, like taking a lot of like outside influences and, and making them very uniquely original. Um, yeah, you know, and, yeah. And, and, and doing so from a more knowledgeable perspective, I think I would add. I mean, I, I so the the these, yeah, the, I think that's absolutely right, though. I mean, they he and when you said that you weren't really sure whether to take LCD seriously, it reminded me actually that I I, I remember my very first impression of. LCD was hearing Daft Punk is playing in my house, and I wasn't really sure if it was parody. Um, like I didn't, I, I didn't know, I just didn't know anything about the guy. And I, I mean, I think this was a pretty common um, reaction that people have, which is like, I, is this a joke or is this not a joke? Is this like, uh, you know, um, is this like this song? Uh, what is it? Uh, um, Electric is you know, gay bar or something, or is it like a more is it, I mean, is it supposed to be a? Is it supposed to be like fun and you know party driven, or is there? Are we more in on the joke it? or not? Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. And I think that this this really proved that, as you say, Jeremy. You know, he he was not just the rare talent um, that you know had all of these influences uh, sort of stored in his in you know his mental arsenal. He was the extraordinarily rare. Uh, instance of somebody who was able to get them out on paper and organize them. Yeah, I think um, this is you know put, introducing actual human feeling into his 
uh, Songcraft was a really giant step that doesn't, you know, it doesn't get super examined a lot. I think the first album does have that sort of, you know, ironic distance. And this one, you know, had definitely has moments like North American Scum and um, even, you know, slowed down New York, I Love You, But You're Bringing Me Down is a funnier song than someone great or all my friends which are very earnest songs that are are really you know turns out you can make dance music with with a heart and soul um yeah i remember reading that he was embarrassed after recording something great i'm sorry all my friends um you know because he sort of felt like you know he's he's a big smiths fan but he kind of felt like eh, like you know he was self-conscious to the point where he's like are people going to think this song's too too wussy or too much? Yeah, or like well, it's, it's, not even a joke. I think he was worried that they would, you know, he's sort of self conscious that it wasn't, you know, fun enough or hard enough or you know that it was it was too sort of on you know uh, sentimental and, uh, well, and the, you know the unsentimental you know uh, music. I think of of the first album that we're describing here. It's like it you look at that now and you think, yeah, there's like a whiff of insecurity about this, mm-hmm. um, and I think it takes a lot of confidence at the end of the day to to reveal yourself to be sort of vulnerable sensitive um yeah exactly which which in, came in the world of being album. cool which yeah, both yeah. interpol and lcd were firmly implanted in the one thing i will say and, and take this for what it is because it's not a um, it's not really a, a vote for or against either is that i i did go back and listen to sound of silver start to finish today which i rarely do I, you know, I listen to Turn on the Bright Lights all the time, start to finish, and did. But uh, LCD's catalog, to me, has always been a matter of picking and choosing and, you know, extricating bits and pieces out depending on what mood you want. You know what I mean? So I, do, I don't find that I listen to Sound of Silver a ton as an album. I like it as an album. It's really great. But I don't find myself listening to it as, uh, as such. Yeah, and that could either be... Uh interpreted as a, as a sort of a slate, you know, that, that could be, you know, points or marks off for, for um, LCD, or it could, as we discussed earlier, be a function of the fact that Interpol doesn't play well with others. So, um, you know, it, it, yeah, I could see that. Swinging either way. Going either way. Um, but I think, uh, I think it sounds like we should probably... Vote and see who the hell here. see who goes to take on uh, the monster arcade fire funeral. Uh, I'm going to vote first, um, and I'm going to go Interpol's turn on the bright lights. Cool. I'll go second huh. just to because uh, I know Christian. This is like basically playing with Christian's two favorite albums. Yeah, fuck you guys. Um, <laughs> this is, I don't. And like I'm going to make you decide. <laughs> Um, Which one of my like children? I'm gonna I go. Gonna like? <laughs> I, I went back and forth on this one because I, I do. Um, I mean, I just like them both a lot. But I, I think I had LCD ranked higher in my original uh, voting, and I think I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna go Sound of Silver. Okay, so there's a bus careening off a cliff. Two of your children are on it, Christian. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and you can only save one of them. Yeah. Um, oh shit! What's it All going right, to well, be, Sophie? Um, you know, I, I think, look, I, I think if I had to give a slight edge to which one is actually my favorite album, I'm still going to, just because of the place that it occupies for me personally as a, um, you know, uh, as a melancholy 15 year old, I'm sure it would have been the Smiths that I, that I've been alive 20 years earlier. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I think that's, that's probably my favorite, but I think the, 
Uh, but the, probably my second favorite here is, is going to be the winner, um, and that's uh, Sound of Silver, because I, I just, I think it's They're more fun a, live. Yes, yeah, because they're more fun live. That's exactly right, and that counts for something. Um, that album fucking rocks, and I, I love seeing them perform it. Uh, I, I think that they're as um, accomplished a band as you're going to find anywhere, so I'm, I'm excited to move this on to the final. Uh, Arcade Fire's Funeral against LCD Sound System's Sound of Silver. Let's take a break. Christian needs to shower and cry. And uh, we'll be back to decide well, well, the champion. Which I will do while listening to Turn on the Bright Lights, by the way. Uh, all right, we'll be back in a sec. New York, I love you, but you're freaking me out. There's a ton of the twist, but we're fresh out of shout. Like a death in the hall. That you hear through your wall New York, I love you But you're freaking me out New York, I love you But you're bringing me down New York, I love you But you're bringing me down Like a death of the heart where do I start? But you're still the one pool where I'd happily drown. And oh, take me off your mailing list for kids who think it still exists. Yes, for those who think it still exists. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. Brother, 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 where we are about to crown our winner of the uh, best album of the new millennium so far. Um, and it's been a long and winding road uh, to the final four, in which we saw two teams advance. Um, we saw our Cape Fire's funeral uh, in the championship with LCD Sound System, Sound of Silver. And, you know, I think we, we've We've just spent uh, a few minutes running through the, the merits and, um, frankly, the very few demerits of, of any of these uh, of any of these albums. Um, they're they're all uh, pretty extraordinary, and we are now coming down to the wire. So, uh, without further ado, do you guys think we should uh, put it to a vote? Say a few. Yeah, exactly. Put in our put in our votes. I, uh, I'm very surprised uh, in a way, um, but my number one album ranked uh, going in is is the album that I'm going to vote for here in the finals. I um, 
this is different than the greatest American band of all time last year's tournament where, you know, I felt like I went through the ringer and, and kind of uh, presumed a certain final four and was really shocked to not have that final four arrive. In this case, um, you know, I, I sort of always assumed that Arcade Fire Funeral would get there despite, um, you know, some bumpy roads in, in the middle where, you know, I thought they might get unseated. Um, and uh, LCD Sound of Silver uh, was a pretty good guess as far as I was concerned as something that would, um, you know, that would make it through, that would muscle its way through the competition. Um, that said, uh, I'm going to go uh, with my original thought, which is that Arcade Fire's Funeral is an album that had as big an impact on me um, personally and also um, on music fandom. Um, and again, we sort of have to segregate this out from the rest of their catalog and, and where the, where they've you know what they've become because when this dropped, I think it was wildly. You know, it was just so much bigger than you could expect a uh, a brand new band uh, to be. You know, from an album that a brand new band would would have produced uh, back then, coming on. You know, coming out on Merge Records and and just you know, there's a band from Canada, and then you get this sort of sonic explosion that was so giant and impactful. Um, but uh, you know, that's where I'm. That's where I'm laying my vote in this uh, final between LCD well, and, and Arcade Fire. I'm going Arcade Fire. All right. Um, I uh, I think that you could probably guess um, which direction I'm leaning here, guys. Um, you know, it's it's going to be LCD Sound System, Sound of Silver for me. What could possibly be better than a band that started basically as an act of revenge? Um, you know, it was it was uh, it was an effort to um, you know after uh, uh, after ceding the rapture to a major major label, um, James Murphy just sort of said, "Fuck you, I can do this even better." Um, and, which he uh, did, and pers- yeah, which he then proceeded to do. Um, pretty uh, pretty impressive overall. Um, and you know, I think the cool factor is extraordinarily high uh, with this band. They're phenomenal musicians. Um, it, it does, I think, center around uh, this, the the sort of center of gravity here is the, the um, you know is the genius of, of one in particular composer and musician, James Murphy, also a pretty pretty great player um, of many different instruments and uh, and a good singer. So, um, but you know what it boils down to here is the songs um, that these really are uh, you know. In, just a, an outstanding um, selection uh, from from top to bottom, sequenced sequenced incredibly well, um, and uh, with you know the emotional charge of the best of um, uh, the post punk roots that I love so much from um, from the seventies and eighties, and um, at the same time with the sort of dance sensibility and and you know capacity for humor and fun that I think is such a difficult balance to strike in, in music without coming across as really sort of cheesy um, so in that sense I, I think that uh, I'm going um, for for sort of exuberant fun over um, you know the, the slightly more serious and, and somber earnest arcade fire yeah this is a tough one for me I um, <clears throat> you know I love both these albums a lot and I I uh, think they're both worthy of being in the final my um inclination is actually to kind of 
go from my feelings today, which is you know, I think LCD album has held up very strongly and in, in, in an album that I go back to probably more often. I think I, I liked it when it first came out, and now I love it. But that said, um, you know, I have to kind of harken back and remember that I just hadn't heard anything like Arcade Fire's Funeral um, from an independent rock label and, and the underground, you know, kind of music that I had always grown up listening to and loving. I just didn't know a band was capable of putting out a debut that strong and that good. So uh, the winner is crowned, and it is Arcade Fire's funeral. Glad I got to decide that. And so I just want to you know, thank everybody who participated and entered their entries into our, our pool. We will be back with uh, the winner of that. And then, Wynn, I'm going to turn it over to you to uh, let the listeners know what's coming up next on Brother, 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 Brother. All right. Well, that wraps it up. That was a month-long tournament, and our champion is Arcade Fire's funeral. So uh, thanks, you guys, for, for doing this. It was a lot of fun and uh, a lot of thought and uh, feeling went into it. Yeah, so coming up next on Brother, 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 we have a, a, we're really excited. We have a, a, a great interview with Jake Brennan, the host of Disgraceland, um, our favorite new podcast uh, that melds true crime and rock and roll. I uh, can't beat it. It is awesome. It's on iTunes. And check it out. Check out a couple episodes. Uh, the most recent one is about Van Morrison's uh, murdered guitarist uh, in Boston in, uh, during the recordings of Astral Weeks. But um, look forward very much to, uh, to uh, playing you all the uh, Jake Brennan interview. And um, thanks so much for listening to the greatest album of the millennium so far, Arcade Fire's Funeral. See you next time. Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis, thank you very much for listening to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Many thanks also to our heroic producer, Damian Kendall, and to Simon Doom for our epic intro music. Learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.